My name is Becky Taylor and I'm a transformational coach dedicated to helping you become the very best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with incredible people from all around the globe who've been massively influential in my life in the hope that their knowledge can in some way benefit you. Along with life-changing conversations, I'll be sharing my ever-expanding knowledge of years of studying the mind, body and spirit, as well as incredible breakthroughs experienced by clients. I'm constantly in awe of the power of our mind, and I love tapping in and making change on a subconscious and unconscious level. So if growth and evolution are the essence of who you are too, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Be Your Best Self podcast. morning everyone uh, welcome to this Facebook live I am lucky enough to be chatting this morning with relationship coach Jake Maddox so welcome thanks thanks for having me happy to be here no worries at all so to start off with I guess can you just uh, let people know who you are where you're at what you do and ultimately what led you to become a relationship coach wow a lot of information in one there so my name is Jake Maddock, and what I do is I, I do a couple of things. I help people find their ideal partner, but I also help people get their relationship to a 10 out of 10, okay? And that is truly my passion. I want to help as many people as I can with relationships. And what led me on this path is having not the best relationship to look up to as a child, but then also having many bad relationships and a super, super bad relationship um, not that long ago. And it put me in so much pain and so much suffering that I don't want anyone else to go through that pain and suffering of having a really bad, painful relationship. So now I help as many people as I can with relationships and show them the right tools and techniques to get their relationship to a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about um, issues that you had bad relationships in the past, what sort of things were showing up? Okay, so... I'm going to take full responsibility for my past relationships and why they went so bad because that's what a good leader does. So it was my fault 110% because I didn't know how to live in my masculine properly. I was, I was taking a lot of feminine traits and making my partner at the time, making her the leader and the masculine in the relationship. So I was, I was putting myself into a feminine role and if I do that, of course, the attraction is going to go down and it did and it was depressing and a lot of suffering and I didn't know how to live how I was supposed to live. So it took a lot of learning. It was a big learning curve and I learned the process of how to live my masculine properly and how to let her enjoy her feminine energy instead of having to be in a masculine leadership role. Mm-hmm. And is that the relationship that you're in now or is that a previous relationship when those changes came about? That's a previous relationship I decided to end. Um, we just didn't have enough, many similarities in common. So even though I could get it to a 10 out of 10, we had no similarities. So opposites attract, but similarities are what bond us. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And so you talk about needing to be the leader in a relationship. So were you a leader in the past and then certain things happened where that, I guess, declined and things changed? Or do you feel like you were never really in that leader role in your life? Um, or 
I may have been a leader in some aspects, but I, it was just purely a lack of knowledge. I didn't know how to be a leader and how to be in my masculine in a relationship. No one had taught me. Um, all I had to learn off was my parents' relationship and romantic comedies. And in, in both of those circumstances, the man does these big gestures of, you know, the first date and he's got this huge bouquet of flowers and all this sort of stuff. That's super feminine traits and that doesn't build attraction. That makes the attraction go backwards. You have to do the right things at the right time. And I didn't know any of this stuff. So I was doing these feminine things thinking it would make my relationship better and it made it worse. Okay. That's probably going to be quite confusing for men and women as well. You know, and I don't know that we've spoken before and that's something I wanted to chat about too is um, this whole alpha male thing. Because I know when we first started talking um, and actually a conversation I had with somebody else, that word initially triggered me quite a lot. And, yeah. um, alpha male is such a controversial word because society sort of tells people what an alpha male is. It's some sort of alpha male douchebag asshole. But really, that's not what an alpha male is. An alpha male is a leader. And a leader means to serve, so to lead your relationship and your family to success and to be serving them and, and be a protector and, and doing what's best for them. It's not about being a bossy control freak who's uh, a narcissistic asshole sort of thing. That's, that's not what an, an alpha male is at all. So everyone gets the term confused, what it really means. And so what's the dynamic then? What's the difference between an alpha male and an alpha female? So alpha females are fantastic. Uh, my partner's an alpha female. An alpha female is someone who's got a very high confidence in themselves, very good self-esteem, and is naturally a leader as well. She might be a leader at work. She might be just naturally have those good leadership traits. And everyone should strive to be a leader. Being a leader is fantastic. You take full responsibility for everything that happens. And you're always striving for success in the best way possible and for, and for the success of everyone around you. So being an alpha male, alpha male and an alpha female is fantastic and often they go together quite well. Okay. Because I actually Googled what is an alpha male, <clears throat> pardon me, and it yes. says the dominant uh, male animal in a particular group or a man tending to assume a dominant or domineering role in social or professional situations. So I can definitely understand why that may trigger some people and women in particular, yeah. you know, because... Just the word dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Domineering, you think, oh, whoa, I don't want someone dominating me. 100%. I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it, it is controversial and it's, it's because we have these negative associations with what a dominant person is and like, oh, I don't want to be someone who bullies me and all this sort of stuff, but that's a huge, you see there's a huge difference, but we've got all these other words which are tied into it, yeah. which I don't want to be bullied. I don't want to be dominated and all this sort of stuff, but that's not... It's quite a controversial, confusing topic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's more looking at um, being a leader rather than being somebody who is dominant. So why is it so important? Obviously, you know, when we're referring to relationships in this conversation, they're heterosexual, but at the same time, you know, in same-sex relationships and those sorts of things, there really needs to be a leader, you know, and those masculine and feminine roles definitely still play out in those relationships too. Would you agree? 100%. It doesn't really matter what sort of relationship it is. If you have good polarity, like one person being a masculine and one person being a feminine, more often than not, not necessarily in 
um, every situation, but majority of the time, you're going to have good attraction between one another. It's like it's polarizing and it, and that's where attraction builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was chatting to somebody a couple of weeks ago and what I worked out in this particular person was definitely wanting to become more of an alpha male. But after having some conversation, um, it seemed that the family that he grew up in, his father was definitely the alpha male. So what happens, do you work with many men, you know, whether in relationships or single, who have grown up with, I suppose, maybe a more domineering male figure in their family unit that they then struggle to find their own in that too, especially, I guess, if they are quite close with their family too? Because what it what it seemed to sort of come out as then was anger and wanting to control or over express in areas that um, this person could rather than because they couldn't actually step out step up and step into that power um, in the environment that they've grown up in definitely and and that's because their dad may have seemed like an alpha male, but he wasn't being a leader by leading and raising his son up to step into that masculine role and giving him leadership responsibilities and traits to build his confidence. See, he might have often guys who feel like this. I work with guys who feel like this and they, and guys who don't like yelling and all that sort of stuff because their dad was so domineering and extreme that it put them back into their feminine energy all the time. See, that he wasn't actually being an alpha male. He was actually being more of a, a bully and more domineering. He may have been a good dad, but he didn't raise his son up to show him how to be in his alpha male and how to be a strong leader as well. See, that's part of his role to raise the son up. And, and what he did, all he did was constantly maybe put his son into a feminine. Now he has trouble going into his masculine and being that leader because his dad didn't show him how. And, but now he... Now he needs to step away from that and think, okay, that was the past. Let's focus on the future and how can I be the best masculine, confident leader and serve everyone the best I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in relationships, um, what's the most common concern, complaint that you have from women, first of all? From women, a common thing I hear is I don't feel a spark anymore. My husband isn't acting in his masculine or isn't acting manly anymore and along a lot of things along those traits really yeah and what sort of things in particular when you say you know he's not acting in his masculine he's not being a man anymore what sort of behaviors are showing up indecisiveness right that's a big one so a woman my a wife might ask her husband oh what do you think about this or where do you want to go for dinner and he's go, oh i don't know you pick oh i don't know what whatever decision you choose that is very anti-masculine behavior and it's, it's anti-leadership as well. Be a leader, make a decision. It doesn't matter if the decision is wrong. If she says, what shoes should I wear? Just make a decision. You can't be wrong. It's just an opinion. You just say, oh, I like those shoes. Wear those. Just be decisive. It's not right or wrong, guys, but it's definitely wrong to be indecisive. Be decisive and back yourself. It's about having confidence. Indecisiveness shows a lack of confidence and which which makes you not seem masculine. And if you're not decisive and not confident in yourself, how is your wife supposed to have confidence that you're going to be a good provider and a good partner and an emotional provider and all this sort of stuff if you don't even have confidence in yourself? Mm -hmm. And then so when men are indecisive, 
what does that then do for the dynamic of the relationship and then the woman in that situation? Fantastic question. So if the female has to make all the decisions, it's pushing her into the leadership role and pushing her into a masculine. If she's got to constantly make all the decisions, do all the money stuff, do all these sort of things without any help, she's being in the, she's being the leader of the relationship and being the masculine. There's nothing wrong with this. So this is a very controversial topic. There's nothing wrong with this, but it will make the attraction for the man go down. There's mm-hmm. no way a woman can do everything and be decisive in every spot and be the leader and be in her masculine and still be attracted to her man when she subconsciously sees him in a more feminine role because he's being indecisive. And do you think this is um, <clears throat> do you think this has contributed to a lot of women getting to the point maybe in their relationships or their lives going, oh, I don't what's the point of being in this relationship or, you know, I don't need a man, I can do everything for myself and maybe the last relationship they're in or in the lead up to this relationship, it's gotten to a point where it's like, well, I I don't really see what your role is here. Exactly. And a lot of females think they don't need a man and truly they don't need a man and you don't, it doesn't matter what your role or what your sex is, you don't need a partner in life. And the problem is they might, a couple might start at a 10 out of 10 as they start dating. But then as it goes down, as soon as it gets to a five, a woman starts to think a five out of 10 for her, a man, she might think he's not contributing. I don't feel any sort of spark between us. What's the attraction? What's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. You know, and they just go, oh, I don't need you. I can just do everything by myself. You'll, you don't do anything for me. It's not making my life any better. So what's the point? Yeah. And then so how do women tend to feel then when they are in that masculine role? Like I know we were chatting the other day and I was talking about my experience and really seeing a clean line between when I switch from that more feminine to the masculine and being really aware of that. For me, it just was so yuck. You know, it was uncomfortable. It was gross. It was frustrating. And it was just this whole different feeling you know, on a physical level, psychologically, emotionally. And if anything, it was just sort of, I guess, walls just went up. Like I, I just sort of shut down. Is that, is that tend to be what happens for women? Definitely, all the time. Um, when a woman has to step into her masculine, her attraction for her partner is going to go down and then she's going to shut down. She's not going to talk. That's when women start nagging. That's when they be a bit bitchy and start, with a silent treatment and all these sort of things, it's because guys, you need to work at getting your woman into a feminine role. This, she's not going to be in a feminine 24 seven, just like you're, you're not going to be in your masculine 24 seven. You have to actively work at making your partner into that role, into their core essence. So if you make a feminine girl become a masculine, her attraction for you is going to go down. Let her be in a feminine and work at making her in a feminine as much as possible. Because that's where she's going to feel most natural. That's where attraction for you is going to be the best. And that's how your relationship is going to be the best it possibly can be. Mm -hmm. And so does it need to start with the male stepping more into the masculine? Or could, um, if the female settles more into her feminine, would that then make, you know, the male step up? Or does it really need to come from the man first? Because he is, you know, needs to be the leader in the relationship. I like to see it come from the man first, but in saying that, if a woman acts more in a feminine, it will put him into his masculine more. But 
he really needs to actively become more masculine and actively try to be as masculine as much as he can. So it puts his woman naturally in the feminine. But to really increase that polarity, I like to see it come more from guys, but girls, there's definitely stuff you can do too. Yeah. And so clients who come and work with you, mostly single or in relationships? Oh, it's pretty even, to be honest. A lot of singles, but then a lot of people in relationships too. Yeah. And the singles, are they men? Are they women? Is it a good mix of both? No, it's men. Yep. Okay. And so when they come to you, where are they at? Are they sort of dating and having trouble dating? You know, do you really help them step into their masculine or what sort of things are going on there? So a lot of the times they're dating, they're having trouble. They may be interested a lot in their ex. They may just be having a lot of heartbreak all around and just generally confused on what to do. Um, a lot of them, they want to rekindle things in their past relationships, but they've acted so feminine in the past that they're having trouble even getting any traction at all. So I help them get back into their masculine, back in their core essence of who they really are. So they're true to themselves and step into that strong, confident alpha male sort of leader role and, and just come across way more attractive to their partners. Yeah. And so I guess in the single dating world, I haven't been single for a long time. Last time I was single, Tinder didn't even exist. <laughs> but, you know, is there the, do you think there would be the same mix of men not in their masculine as there is women who are not in their feminine? Oh, that's a tough question. It's really hard to say, but, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of women aren't in their feminine. They don't know how to. And a lot of guys aren't in their masculine and they don't know how to. And then they, they're confused why they're really unhappy and not sure why none of their dating or relationships going very well. And they're just on this perpetual negative mindset because they're confused and depressed and all these sort of things because they're really they're not being true to themselves and they're not having pride in, in who they are. Mm -hmm. And do you know um, much about attachment styles? Like what? Um, so like anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, disorganised, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah. Do you find men to be, in general, more one sort of attachment style than the other compared to women? Do you notice anything like that? Not particularly more, the, more so than women. They, they definitely have a lot of attachments, but so do women. So it's not really a huge difference on the basis of it, no. Yeah, cool. All right. So if there's a guy watching this and he's like, oh, this really resonates, you know, I'm having trouble dating if he's single or he's in a relationship. And I guess for men as well, well, first question, what does it feel like when they are being in their feminine more and not in their masculine? Like I talked about how it felt for me. What does it feel like for men? It feels confusing. I've, I lived a lot of my life in my feminine energy and didn't know it. Um, you, you're confused. You, you don't have any, you, you're really surrendering all your power that you have to other people. And it's not a good feeling. And it's, you don't feel like you're being true to yourself. And it really, it puts you in a depressive state very fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so three top tips for men to step into their masculine more. What would they be? Really simple, easy things. Sure. So some really simple things to remember, guys, whether you're in a relationship or you're dating, be more of a man than she is. 
okay? I'm not saying you've got to be some alpha male macho guy all the time, but be more a man than she is. That's a great sentence to remember. Mm-hmm. Another one is the courtship never ends, guys, okay? So whether you're in a relationship one month or 10 years, the, rela- the courtship never ends. You've got to keep spending time with your, with your woman and dating her and all that sort of stuff. Um, another one to step into your masculine would be practice things which raise your confidence. So get out there, go to the gym, look after yourself, eat well and all this sort of stuff to raise your confidence so you have a better self-esteem. It's going to be easier to put yourself in your masculine if you're feeling good about yourself. If you're really depressed and down constantly, it's going to be hard to really be in your masculine fully. Okay. And so if there are some people dating or in a relationship at the moment and say the male is quite depressed or down and those sorts of things, should he be talking to his partner about his feelings openly or does that then influence the dynamic as well? It's okay. This is a very controversial one. Guys, you don't want to talk about your feelings constantly. Okay, this is going to make you appear feminine. Talk about your feelings with your girl a little bit, especially if she does something which really makes you really frustrated. Go, look, I don't like that. Like, defend your boundaries for sure, but don't cuddle up on her chest like a little koala and cry for half an hour because she hurt your feelings because she called you an idiot or something. That's, that's counterproductive and it's going to lower her attraction for you. If you really need to talk about your emotions and you're feeling really depressed, talk to someone like me. Talk to Lifeline. We've all been depressed. I've, I was very depressed. I was going through a very suicidal stage. I called Lifeline like 100 times. Call. There's people to talk to and people to call if you're feeling really emotional. Your girlfriend or wife is not one of them. She may seem really supportive and she may be really supportive. But if you use her as a counsellor, if you use her as your mum, her attraction for you is going to go down. She's not a counsellor. She's not your mother. And so how does that then go in terms of being really open and honest with one another? Because, you know, I know probably most women would be like, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's wrong. You can talk to me. You know, like you can cry if you want to. I know I've said that time and time again. Um, So I guess then would it just be, I suppose, he wouldn't want to hide the fact that he may be working through some stuff. Yeah, you don't need to hide anything. Just, yep. it, it's just how expressive you are. So if you're going through a hard time and you're having a lot of mental stress and even if you're feeling suicidal, just go, look, I'm feeling really depressed and overwhelmed at the moment. I'm, I'm feeling I'm going to go talk to a counsellor. And she says, and even if she says, oh, look, you can talk to me. And he goes, oh, look, I really appreciate that. But I'm just going to talk to a counsellor to see if I can just see if I can work it out because I'm feeling really overwhelmed. But I don't want anything to negatively affect our relationship. So I don't want to put any undue stress onto you. Yeah, cool. Awesome. And then, so what about with women? Should men, should women be confiding in, you know, their their man or their partner with, I guess, their emotional stuff or if they're struggling, those sorts of things? Is it different that way? It is different. And yes, they should. Yes. I'm not saying that if they're, if they're really struggling with like suicidal thoughts and stuff, talk to your man, but then also talk to a lifeline or whatever, because there's heaps of support out there. But it is different between men and women. If, Girls, if you're feeling really emotional and there's lots of things you want to get off your mind, use your man. He's there and he should be trying to listen to you and try to understand, using a bit of empathy, trying to understand where you're coming from and trying to help you out. And I guess that then takes the pressure off relationships as well and that one person who we've been taught to believe needs to fill every one of our needs. You know what I mean? They need to be the 
provider, they need to be the support, they need to be, you know, all of these different things rather than then lean on other people in our lives or other services and things like that to help support ourselves so then that takes the pressure off too. So I would imagine that in itself, if that was something that was going on in a relationship and then that changed, I would imagine that would make more time and space and energy for more romance or connection or positivity, yeah? You're 100% right. There's only so many hours in a day. So if you work all day and then you come home and your wife's been looking after kids and cleaning up the house and making things really good and you come home and you want to complain for an hour about how bad your day was, you're wasting all your time. Don't complain about work. Use that time to talk about romance and goals and be, and be fun and loving. There's only so many hours. So if you make, if you make your wife your counsellor or your mother and you spend all this time talking to her, what chance do you have for attraction? There's going to be no time left. Use your time wisely. Yeah. And so when we're using that time wisely, and I know you've mentioned before, communication is a massive, can be a massive issue in relationships. So what sort of issues in terms of communication do you come across, you know, with men and women? So, so many. So... Guys, it's, if there's something wrong, if your lady's upset, it's your job to figure out what it is, okay? So if, you, if, you, if she's got a sad look on her face or she, her shoulders are slumped forward or she just doesn't seem as happy and jovial as her usual self is, and you say, oh, what's wrong? And she goes, oh, nothing's wrong, it's okay. It's your job to keep probing her until you get the answer. You need to be her support, her emotional support, not just financial support. You've got to be all these different support networks and find out what's really going on. And that's going to prove to her that you care about her. Mm -hmm. So even if she says, no, nothing's wrong a hundred times, keep probing until you figure out what it is. Don't do anything else. If she has nothing wrong and you go down, sit, sit down and watch TV and eat a pizza, she's going to think, Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't care about me at all. You know, your job is to keep probing and find out what it is. If there's something wrong, even if it's something small, like, Oh, who knows you, a tea towel got ripped and you had to throw it out or something. Who, who knows? The car's dirty. It doesn't really matter. You have to probe her and figure out what's going on. So you're being supportive and you're being the leader in the relationship and finding out what's wrong. And then so on the reverse, if a female picks up and can tell something's bothering him and she asks and he said, no, nothing, do we just let it go then? It's pretty rare, to be honest, because guys usually don't go, nothing's wrong more than five times. See, women can say nothing's wrong for hours and hours until I eventually tell you what's wrong. If a girl asks a guy what's wrong, he goes, oh, nothing, it's okay. If she asks him again, he usually just says it. So, yeah, girls, if, if your guy seems really upset, ask him what's wrong. And then, and guys, don't spill your guts about it. Just say what's wrong. Oh, my, my drill broke and I've got to go and buy a new one. And she goes, oh, okay, no worries. Cool. No worries. And then, and then just keep going with the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so something I want to talk about as well is equality with men and women. And for me personally, you know, I don't see it as at, at a human being level in terms of, you know, respect and decency. And then, you know, in the workplace with equal pay and those sorts of things. Absolutely. But outside of that, I think it's about celebrating our differences. You know, we are made different. We are meant to be different and equality is celebrating those. You know, women aren't 
made to do everything that a man can do and vice versa. I mean, if it were that way, men would be able to have babies, you know? That's correct. Yeah, 100%. That's how it is. So I guess this might be, I guess, controversial, and I'm sure you've had it in the past, talking about how it's different for men and women when this whole equality thing comes in. Yeah, so it is controversial. We live in a very PC world and it's it's very it's very confusing for people to hear that men and women should act different in a relationship and masculine and feminine energy and all these sort of things. And look, there's nothing wrong if a female wants to be masculine and it's okay if a man wants to be feminine, but it's going to be hard to get your relationship to a 10 out of 10 and be truly happy in those states unless that is truly truly your core essence Mm -hmm. okay so equality yeah men and women they may be equal right but they're different let's be proud of let's be proud of our energy and let's be proud of our who we are i'm masculine i'm proud of the fact that i'm a man it's not a bad thing ladies it's not a bad thing you're a woman be proud of your femininity and be happy to live in that energy be happy to be girly it's not a bad thing and guys, it's not a bad thing to be manly. Enjoy it. We're different. Let's celebrate it. There's nothing wrong with being masculine and there's nothing wrong with being feminine. Mm-hmm. And so can we talk a little bit about, um, and I've actually got something here, um, about what those different energies are, you know, because some people may go, girly, oh, what if I don't want to wear dresses and I don't want to wear earrings? But you can still be feminine and girly but not fit that stereotype, Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's not so much about what you wear. It's more about how you act, I suppose, and your personality and and your willingness to be feminine is about being open and loving and supportive and surrendering to his love and all this sort of stuff. It's feminine is a great thing and be proud of it. It's not, you don't have to wear a, a frilly dress and high heels every day, even though, Hey, it's great. If you want to, too, you can wear whatever black, black jeans and a, a lumberjack shirt, whatever, you can still be feminine and be girly girly with it, you know, if you want to be. Yeah. And so I've got some I've got some um things here talking about healthy feminine and masculine energy. So for feminine it's open, patient, caring, wise, flexible, compassionate, um, unhealthy feminine energy um is lazy, unfocused, depressed, over-nurturing, unmotivated. So it's really about that, I guess, you know, being more fluid, being more open, caring, that nurturing, that softness, but also still having strength, still being resilient, still being able to lead and be assertive and communicate effectively and be confident and not be a pushover. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, healthy masculine energy is focused, disciplined, active, has a purpose, has um, a vision, and obviously there's a little bit of a crossover there too where a little bit of masculine energy with the feminine gives more structure and focus and then more a little bit of feminine with the masculine softens it and deepens it and makes it a bit wiser. So looking at it like that and then also experiencing it myself too, being in that energy, being in that space, for me at least, is just like a massive weight has been lifted off my shoulders. It feels so much more natural and com- like comfortable and there's no tension or anything, but I'm still confident. You know, yeah. I still have health well boundaries. I still communicate my wants and needs and, you know, my opinion and those sorts of things. But 
the biggest the biggest shift I probably noticed is in my body physically, yeah. you know. And so I would imagine then for the opposite, when men feel that softness, I suppose, or, or that sort of thing physically, it would be uncomfortable for them like it would be for me when I'm in my masculine, yeah? Definitely. It definitely, it's, it's, it doesn't feel great. And it's a beautiful thing for a girl to be in a feminine energy. It's, it, you can still be strong, but loving and caring and open. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, with what, do you think that this people being, you know, not in their natural energy, do you think it's becoming more and more common or do you think it's always been an issue and we're just becoming more aware of it? I think it's becoming more of an issue. Like, obviously I wasn't alive 50 years ago, but back then I, I, I don't think women felt like the weight of the world was on their shoulders to be feminine and masculine and the leader and do every single thing in the whole world and be the boss at work and be the boss at home and all this sort of stuff all the time. So now they feel like they have to be really masculine all the time. And it's not fair. They feel like the weight's on their whole shoulders and guys can be feminine all the time and not be in their masculine. So all the responsibility is on the female. Now, how is that fair? Mm. And so do you think the environment that women are in a lot of the time, you know, I think about where I live and there's a lot of mining around here and there's a lot of women who work in a male-dominated industry. And I know when I used to work in that industry as well, I felt like I needed to be a certain way you know, one, to earn respect, but also to sort of fit in there too. Do you think, you know, the fact that women are more are working in more dominant industries, in more stereotypical, I guess, male roles and things like that, do you think that's adding to women being more masculine or you don't think that does? Maybe it does a little bit, but that's also just another excuse of why they, they need to act that way. So I've met girls who are prison officers, super manly job, and they are super feminine. Mm-hmm. You can still be feminine and still be strong. They're super girly. They enjoy their femininity and, and, be, and they're proud that they're a woman mm-hmm. and they act and talk in a way which is very feminine and they're happy to be feminine, but they can also be very strong when they need to be. Yeah. Do you think trauma or, you know, being hurt in the past, maybe in relationships has a lot to do with why women are then more in their masculine and sort of have that coldness and that hardness to them? 100%. And the only thing that, usually the only thing that makes women masculine is men who act feminine. So if a man is so much in his feminine all the time and keeps letting his girl down, she automatically has to become that more masculine to survive and be happy. And then she might even end the relationship or whatever, but she keeps that masculinity because that's what she thinks she needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned just then if he continues to let her down, what sort of things are you seeing in relationships where men are letting women down? So it can be a whole bunch of things. Indecisiveness, being too emotional, making making the girl their mother or their counsellor and all that sort of stuff, not not doing the courtship properly, not dating them properly, not doing activities which strengthen the, the bond between the two of you so it makes the friendship better, letting letting them down sexually, all sorts of things. So okay. you, you, there's lots of things a guy needs to do so he doesn't let her down. But it's not a it's don't think of it as hard work because it's not hard work. Enjoy it. It's fun. 
Mm -hmm. And so when people start dating, I think I was watching a video of yours and you were talking about just taking things slow, you know, like just going on a date once a week or whatever, catching up, you know, for, you know, maybe even a couple of months and then moving things. Are you finding that people in relationships are jumping in really quickly in general? Yep, 100%. Most people, most people go from zero to 100 super fast and then after two months they're living with each other and then, and then they find out they don't even like each other anyway and there's heaps of red flags and then it's super messy to end the relationship. You, realistically, you probably should date for at least, at least three to six months before even thinking about living together, at least, maybe even longer. You really need that dating period so you get to know the person, set up the foundation. It's the same as building a house. You don't just stick a frame on the dirt. You've got to put a slab down first and footings and all this sort of stuff. If you don't build those foundations, how are you going to have a long-lasting, healthy, fantastic relationship? It's very difficult. And so what do you think is the driving force behind people so quickly jumping into relationships? Is it loneliness? Is it us not being able to you know, fulfill our own needs and maybe wanting the other person to make us whole? Is it the movies that we watch? Is it the honeymoon period and all of those emotions and chemicals and things running around that we just think this is, this is it, it's going to be great? What do you think that it is or a combination? Yeah, it's probably all those things really. We watch these romantic comedies where people meet and then a week later they're getting married and think, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love a fairy tale romance like that. You mm. can have a fairy tale romance, but let's do it over a few years, <laughs> not, not in a week. People get so wrapped up in their emotions that they just go, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do all these things and it's going to be fantastic. But they miss out on red flags because they're so, they're so high on emotion. Yeah. So you've got to try to forget, not forget about the emotion, but just you've got to do the things at the right time. Yeah. And are you finding then people who are just jumping into relationships really quickly have a tendency to then lose themselves? Yeah, 100%. A lot of people that jump straight into relationships and then you talk to their friends, they, they haven't seen their friends in the whole time they've been in a relationship because they're so consumed with the relationship. They haven't seen their friends. They haven't done any of their hobbies. They're completely a different person. And then, then they're suddenly, their partner's not attracted to them. It's because they've changed so much. That's, that's really anti-masculine. Guys, you need to be so driven on your purpose that it doesn't matter what happens, you're on a purpose. So even if you have a 10 out of 10 relationship, you still got to pursue your purpose and be ambitious because that's what your partner finds attractive anyway, your ambition. No one wants a loser, okay? Be ambitious and keep keep going on that track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I guess that then obviously influences the masculine and the feminine energy that maybe when people are first dating and that there is that really healthy balance there and then because of the speed of things, um, it throws everything out of whack a bit. Exactly. A guy can start really masculine and a woman can start really feminine. And then as the relationship goes on, it sort of changes. Yeah. So can you, if a woman is more, is, are there women who are naturally more masculine and men who are naturally more feminine? And then if that is the case, though, them together in a relationship, can that be a 10 out of 10 relationship as well? It, it can be. In my experience, it's, it's on the rare side, but it, it, it still works with polarity. So they still have that polarity of the woman being masculine and the man being feminine. It still has that polarity. Mm -hmm. In my experience, it's pretty rare. And a lot of people, they think about it and go, oh, that sounds kind of icky, which 
I can totally understand that as well because it's sort of against the grain sort of thing, but it's definitely possible, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then so <clears throat> I guess for women then, what are some tips for them if they're dating or in relationships um, to, I guess, be more feminine, you know, themselves? Like what are, what are the three main things that you would tell them to do? So be really open and be proud of your femininity. Try to try to envelop that femininity. Be really proud of the fact that you're feminine and enjoy being girly. Be girly and surrender to his love and, and really envelop those love emotions and be really flirty. Another thing you could do, practice good communication, girls. So if there's something on your mind, try to explain it in a way that he understands. It's easy to come across very criticizing and naggy. So you've got to find a way to come across in a loving way, which isn't criticizing and try to get him to understand in a way. And the third one, to put yourself in your feminine, be really flirty and be really, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, affectionate. Yes, affectionate. I always forget that word. Be really affectionate. Lots of kisses and hugs and all that sort of stuff. Touch him everywhere. It's 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 a feminine thing, like very, very cute and flirty and all that sort of stuff and affectionate. It's enjoy the process. It's fun to do. Mm -hmm. And so this 10 out of 10 relationship that you're referring to, what what is that? So a 10 out of 10 relationship is purely what the person thinks a 10 out of 10 relationship is. So we all have a different idea of what a 10 out of 10 relationship is. It could be, uh, who knows, it could be going on a, to the beach every day for a nice walk and then having a nice romantic dinner every night. Whatever. It's different for every single person. It's purely on how you feel in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what's the, would there be a point, you know, when you start working with somebody, um, and I know that we've had this conversation, where you sort of get them to rate, well, where are you at at the moment? You know, is every relationship fixable or do you really have to work out, are those two people just at a point where they just don't want to be there anymore? So relationships can be fixable. But there's some which aren't. And the ones that aren't are people who have no similarities at all. Like if you get a person who just, if, if, if you get a guy who loves playing computer games and plays Minecraft and Fortnite just 24-7 and that's all he wants to do, that's it. He's not interested in anything else. Mm -hmm. And then you get a woman who's really active and she likes hitting the gym and going rock climbing and mountain climbing and all that stuff every day. There's no similarities there. Mm -hmm. And it'd be surprising to me if those two people even got in a relationship in the first place because usually to get in a relationship you have some similarities. And that's really the only relationships which can't be sort of gotten to a 10 out of 10 if you have no similarities. Because I can make people more masculine, I can make girls more feminine, but I can't make you like some hobby that you're just not interested in. So if you, if you have zero similarities at all and you're not interested in anything the other person has to do in their life and all that sort of stuff, well, why are you with them anyway, really? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like the glue that keeps things together. Exactly. You need it. You need some something to talk about. If you've got absolutely nothing to talk about, like you're an 80 year old man who likes playing chess, and you married a 20 year old girl who likes netball, <laughs> what are you going to talk about? You know. And then I guess what do you do with your time then? You know, there would always be one person compromising for the other person, 
completely. And so do you see that in relationships a lot where people first, I guess there's the, the chemistry or there's maybe that physical attraction and the sparks there in the beginning and, and then people tend to mould themselves to like things and do things that the other person does and then after a while they get sick of that. Do you see that show up in relationships too that then causes issues later on or Sometimes, but it's always an underlying issue of something else. Mm-hmm. So, so it's never the main issue, no. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All righty. Well, can you just share with everyone before we finish how people can find you, um, like Facebook, Instagram, website? Yeah, so I'm on all the socials, guys, Facebook, Instagram, and all that sort of stuff. It's just Jake Maddock. Also, my website's Maddock Coaching. Um, lots of good info on there. If you're looking to find your ideal partner or you're trying to get your relationship to a 10 out of 10, Look me up. I've got lots of good tips and information on there on how to really help you achieve that. Relationships can be really good and they also can be devastating. Let's try to make them great. Yeah. And also probably I am going to just offer some advice to people. Um, I mean, I'm very open to coaching and change and if I don't know how to do something, okay, I need to find out how to do it. So who can help me? But a lot of people who may be really resistant to that, um, thinking they should just know. You know, but within relationships, how are we supposed to know? Great question. Who's who's teaching you about relationships? You don't learn about it in school. The only thing you have to learn off is watching your parents or watching romantic comedies. And what if both of those aren't right? Romantic comedies definitely are not right because that's not how attraction works. And your parents, they may have been right, they may have been wrong. So how are you going to learn it? Mm-hmm. You learn it from people like me and how to show you how to get to a 10 out of 10 relationship and live in that energy. So it's the same as driving a car. The first time you drive a car, you're pretty rusty and you're nervous and all this sort of stuff. So you don't, know, you don't really know how to do it, but you learn how to do it. It's the same as anything. You're not born really good with money. You're not born really good at relationships. You need to grow those, those traits and how to – you need to grow your repertoire of tools and techniques on how to have a 10 out of 10 relationship. So mm-hmm. I help people do that. So don't feel bad if you don't know how to do it or you're confused about the whole process. It is confusing. I was very confused and I suffered for it. And people say ignorance is bliss. For me, ignorance was pain and I suffered and I was emotional and my life was terrible. But through that pain, I grew and I learned and I got coaches and mentors and books until I know everything I do today on how to achieve that and how never, ever to feel that pain again. Yeah, because relationships are such a massive part of our lives. So true, it's huge. Incredibly important. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so interesting and amazing and you're amazing. So thanks for your time. And um, yeah, I'll pop a link to your social media sites and your website um, with this post as well. And if anyone's got any questions or you'd like some coaching with um, Jake or to have a conversation, reach out. He's incredible. And yeah, it's definitely worth investing in yourself and your relationship. Thanks, Becky. Really enjoyed the really enjoyed the conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you head over to iTunes, click subscribe, and leave me a review. I'd also love to connect with you via social media, so just search Becky Taylor on all platforms and you'll find me. My website is beckytaylor.com, and if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, just pop info at before that. Until next time, keep shining your light, infinite love and gratitude.